Portia O, your host of Life Be Life Be Podcast. And I am here today with a very special guest. It is Portia 1.0. Really? It's, <laughs> it is my mother, Tony. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Mom. She's been trying to get on since episode one. Really? <laughs> Don't let her fool y'all, okay? She's trying to be modest right now. Anywho, thank you, Mom, for being a part of this podcast episode. Today, we are talking about motherhood, okay? This is our Mother's Day episode, and we will be talking about motherhood in the past and the present um, of how motherhood looks, right? Okay. Okay. So, this is episode number 24, the final episode of season one of Life Be Life and Podcast. Woo! Yay! We made it, okay? I'm super excited. Um, Also, a little saddened that this is the last one for this season, but rest assured, we will be recording for the next season, and that season is going to be just as amazing as this one, okay? Before we go forward, for those who are new here, and this is your first time, welcome, okay? This is Life Be Life and Podcast, which is a podcast where we talk about how life be over here, life in us, all types of relationships, situations, and everyday things we are experiencing all while in real time, healing and learning how to be a better human being okay if you ain't doing that what you doing here what you doing here but if you are you're in the right place okay welcome thank you for joining us i appreciate you all very much and speaking of how life be over here life in us all we're gonna go on over to that segment which is hey y'all it's portia that's y'all my village, okay? Um, and this is where I will have all of my listeners, friends, family submit news, topics, and other requests for me to talk about, okay? So if y'all want to hear me talk about some more things or whatever, y'all want to give me some ideas for season two, please email me at lifebelifing at anchoredinllc, or you can DM me on any of my social media platforms. I'm on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, okay? Find me at lifebelifing. Come and join me. And please let me know if you just want to vent or whatever. Please come to me and I am here for you. Okay. Um, and also, because life be over here, life in us all, I also got some tools for y'all to offer to you all. It's my planner and my journal. Okay. So please go check out my planner and my journal on my Amazon account. Okay. I have the planner that you can still fill in. I know it's May, y'all. But if you just now want to get your life organized and get it together, you can start anytime you want to. So you can start today. It's up to you. Whatever you want to do. It's many wonderful nuggets throughout the planner and also the journal, okay? A whole bunch of speak life affirmations. It's a lot of journal prompts, okay? We have journal prompts throughout as well if you wanted to just notate what about this week, what it looked like, what made you smile this week, what you did to make you feel good this week, whatever. It's a lot of that in there as well. So please, please, please get the planner. Also get the companion piece, which is the beautiful journal, which also has speak life affirmations throughout it. But write your little heart away. Write about all your different things that you feel and experience and all this stuff. I'm telling you, it is wonderful. It will bless you. 
and you should utilize it, okay? And support Like Me Like Me Podcast, all right? So please check it out. Thank you all again for your love and support. Now, let's jump into this episode topic, okay? All right, Mom. We're talking about present, past and present dynamics of motherhood, okay? Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got off on camera. She's on camera. <laughs> She's a little camera shy, yeah. but not really. I'm going to ask you some questions. So I don't have, I got some questions, y'all, in the regular old traditional way. We're going to just ask mom the questions and she's going to answer them. Okay. So first things first, mom, how did you feel about having kids before you actually had kids? Like what was your envision? Did you ever think you would have kids? Did you desire to have kids? Like what? How did you feel about it? I desired to have kids, but I didn't think I would have them that soon. Okay. Yeah. So what did it look like for you to have kids? Before I had them? Yeah, before you had them. Um, at that it wasn't a very good look, but I um my mom taught me how to be a mother. My mom taught me how to be a mother. I knew nothing about being a mother at all. Okay. So I had to learn as I you know, my mom taught me, I had to learn as I went and it was something new for me, and I still didn't get it all the way right, but I did the best I could. But yeah. Okay, so that kind of answered my next question, which was, once you had them, because the other question was, how did you view it before you had them? Once I had them. And now, how, how was it once you had them? Did your viewpoint change about what it would look like with you having children? No, because like you used to always talk about your village, I really had a village. Mm-hmm. So I had so much help with not just my mom and my sister, but it was like family neighbors and stuff mm-hmm. helped me with being a mother and coming up. I was young. I was pregnant at 19. and Yeah, I was pregnant at 19, had parents at 20. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was something new for me. and. Mm-hmm. And I had a I had a village, really a village. So I understand yeah. when you say the village, that's what we try to be. Yeah, is the village because I had a good one. Yeah, a lot of people don't have that these days. No, they do not. They do not. So, yeah, grateful for the village. Yes. All right. Um. Okay. So next question: What was your view on the type of mother that you would be? I know you already said that you really didn't know how to be a mother. So I guess you didn't have a real dream or vision of how you would be as a mother. Right. So you you're asking me what was what is my was my vision? What was your view of the type of mother that you would be? Would you be like an authoritative mother, like it's my way, that's it, or like I was or, that mother. I was that mother. I I didn't know that I was going to be that way, but I was. I was very strict, very hard. And my mom was not strict and hard on me at all, but I was strict. I was hard on on you guys. I literally used to have friends tell me that your kids are afraid of you, and I thought that was cute at the time. But now I I'm like that was so horrible. 
Mm-hmm. Why would I want my kids to be afraid of me? But yeah, that. But I didn't know that I would be that type of mother. I just that's what that was the type of mother I was. Mm-hmm. So more the authoritative. Yeah. How was it being a single mother for you? You mentioned you already had Paris, which is my older brother. Hey, Paris. Hi, um, Paris. <laughs> you had him at nineteen. <laughs> well, you were pregnant at nineteen. You had him at twenty, and then. Um, I came along right. when you were 22, Two. right? Okay, so how was that experience of being a single mother of two at that time, at that particular age when we were young, young? It was, it was hard, but like I said, the village that I had made it happen. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't as hard as it could be for someone at back in my day that were you know had children when I had children they were so like I was so blessed so lucky to you know have the village that I had and they wished that they had that they mm-hmm. didn't so but yeah I didn't know how blessed I was until y'all literally I knew but I'm talking about really knew until y'all got grown like really start coming up being teenagers and stuff, I was like, I wouldn't have been able to do this by myself. So yeah. my mom, she was a stay-at-home person. Then she kept y'all, you know, they helped in all type of ways. I had my freedom and, mm-hmm. you know, I was a street person. Like, I went out to clubs all the time. And, you know, still I trying to, to live a life. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was going to, to the club Sunday through Saturday, you know. So, yeah, mm-hmm. but, you know, and... I had no questions asked, but I wasn't a bad mom. I was there for my kids. I worked night shifts, so, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was just, you know, they were little, but once they got up size, I had to go to day shift to to figure this out because I could no longer be on night shift because y'all were growing up, and I had to be there. Right, right. So it was it was kind of hard, but I just look at it now that like I wouldn't have been able to do that by myself. I would have been like some of my friends that I look at now. I'm mm-hmm. like, man, they they had it rough. Yeah, yeah. So you I were blessed crazy. to have I your was mother. Great. Yes, very blessed throughout that. Because I was yeah, I stayed with mom most of the time. You know, even mm-hmm. when we lived upstairs downstairs, I was still with her. But yeah. you had access to her. Yeah, I had access to her, and, she, you know, she always was there for you guys, always. So. Yes, shout out to my grandmother. Shout out, Mom! <laughs> um, okay, so single motherhood was okay because you had such a strong village. Right. And I feel like I definitely, in present day, right, have a strong village. I know I've told y'all that many a time. Right. It's like, I have my mom, I have my grandmother, my mom's mom, who was there both times in the delivery room. Like (laughs) when I had both of my kids, they were at the hospital waiting for these babies to come out. And once the babies came out, they came to my home Mm -hmm. and stayed with me. Took turns. Weeks. Weeks at a time. Like they were on it. Mm -hmm. When I had Leah and I had the traumatic experience of having to stay in the hospital um, long term, well not long term, but long term after I gave birth to her, um, when I was sick, my mom and my grandmother, they, they rotated. My husband would pick them up and, uh, okay, so mama stand today. My mom stand today. Like, we will be on rotation. They was there, okay? Um, and they're still there. And um, not even just them, my aunts, they were all, everybody. Like, I have such a strong village. I never 
have to go without. I never have to just figure it out on my own. Like I have women in my family that are always present and willing to pick up the slack where I lack. Right. Um, so my babies definitely know they can call Auntie San, Auntie Nika, they can call Mama, they can, I mean, great, they call my grandmother great, they can call Great, they can call Honey, because that's her name, my kids call her Honey, they call Honey, and even if they need something long distance, they call Auntie Paris, right. they can call whoever, like, we built up this village, so right. I'm grateful for that, too, so that's something that you've kind of passed down right. to me, you're there for me, my mom quit her job when I... <laughs> We don't want to put Leah in daycare once I had to go back to work after giving birth. Right. And my mom quit. We convinced her to quit her job. And she would keep Leah for us so that we wouldn't have to go through the nightmare of daycares and all that type of stuff. You know, so that was a blessing. That was definitely a blessing. That village means so much. That means so much. And it helps. um, Even if you're married, it still helps. And in your singlehood, it still helps. It helps to have that support. Did you feel like at some point you had got the hang of being a mother of two? Oh, most definitely. I thought I had it down bad. At, at what point? Were we like little kids? Mm, yeah, you were little. Little kids. And, you know, people used to tell me that all the time. You take care of your kids so well. They dress so well. Although you think you didn't dress well. But, Yeah. Y'all dressed so well. I kept you guys up. I didn't let you be at people's houses. And, you know, I just, I was always, like, you know, making sure everything was okay with mom. Whether they was with mom or they was with, you were with Sam. I always made sure everything was okay before I went and did my mess. So, hmm. (laughs) So, but yeah, I never brought the mess home. Period. Y'all, now didn't, y'all didn't see the mess. That's another thing. Okay. <laughs> um, and I tell my friends that all the time. And even me and my new pathway I'm taking with my kids, I have made it clear that when I do get back out there and all that type of stuff, that I will not be allowing anybody in my children's space because my mama did not play that, okay? Mm -hmm. There was never a time or opportunity for anybody to take advantage of us or for us to even see her be in any type of... um, Domestic anything. Anything. Like, there was never none of that. Now, I knew when it was time for her to have some friends over got to go to bed and all of those things and y'all was w- music would play i knew <laughs> something was happening but no but you didn't see them in the morning either up, <laughs> they were gone when we woke up in the morning they were gone there was no one you got to get out of here <laughs> <laughs> they will not be waking up to no stranger no. Up in their place they no. will not be and not even a stranger because we you did introduce us to some of your boyfriends. But you know, and it'll be like, oh, they'll take us out to eat or mm-hmm. something, or they'll come meet us at the the playground right. and we play tennis or something like that. Um, or the park and we'll play tennis or whatever. But that was the most interaction they would get. It would not be no, y'all get to lay around chilling in my mama's house. Right. Even no, no, with no. her. Like it no. would never be none of that. She was very um, 
closed off to exposing us to that. And I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Because it set a precedent. It did. You know what I'm saying? Even though my mother was single all of my life, it set a precedent. Like, this is how you operate as a woman. And you, my kids come first. Mm-hmm. Period. Right. And, that and I'm not going to make them uncomfortable in their home. Right. For you to get comfortable up in here. You ain't paying no bills up in here. Right. You ain't put no ring on my finger. Right. <laughs> You need to teach a class to these young ones out here, up here playing house with these fools, and they ain't contributing, or don't even like your kids, don't even want to be bothered, trying to drop them off, you know? I, I just... Mm-hmm. I didn't have to deal with that because I didn't bring it to that. Didn't allow that type mm-hmm. of behavior. Right. And I shall not either, okay? Mm-hmm. Only how somebody gonna meet my kids, you don't have to dang near uh, post me. Like, we have to be for real, for real. We don't have to go to bed. Not me, Lord Jesus. <laughs> I meant we're going to have to go together real bad before you can be introduced to my kids and we be like, you know, because they're still young and impressionable. Right. I don't want them to be like, oh, is this my new daddy? Ain't no replacing daddy. They already got a daddy. We don't need no daddy. We need somebody that's going to be respectful and teach, teach, treat their mother with respect and love and kindness right. and do the same for them. You can be a figure but you're not going to replace their father, right. you know? So, anywho, that was a bit of a tangent, but that is something I always point out to my mom. I can definitely respect that about her and her singlehood. And, yeah, she didn't play that. Yeah. Period. Okay, so at that point, you felt like you had got motherhood down with two kids. Like, yeah. you was on a roll. Like, yeah. let's go, you know? Yeah. Well, that's good. <laughs> and then... At 29 years of age, Paris was about nine. I was about seven. You were diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. Right. And so how did that change you as an individual, but also as a mother? Mm. Well, the individual part changed instantly i had to be a mother still no matter what but you still have to show up for your kids i still had to show up you still have to get up every day still had to get up every day you still had to go to work i got up went to work get us off to school yes do all the things in pain every day in pain and it was new for me because i wasn't i didn't know what was happening to my body i was like why is this happening and it was just a new thing, and I thought I was going to have to leave my job when I did try to leave, say I wasn't, I wasn't going to get up and do this anymore. They gave me a position in the office because I was a warehouse worker. Mm-hmm. They gave me a position in the office to um, help me stay there, you know, because they enjoyed my work, you know, not so much, you know. <laughs> but they enjoyed the work, so they gave me, a, they offered me a position, and so I stayed there little longer i had my own office and i was comfortable mm-hmm. you know so yeah that let me stay there a little bit longer but then just one day i just couldn't do it anymore even in the office i my daughter had to i called her and just told her she had to come get me i couldn't even get up and go to the bathroom something was happening and i didn't know what was happening but i ended up having to have two knee replacements and a left hip replacement so i am like the bionic woman <laughs> yes. So, yes. Yes. So yeah, but, but I thank God, God that, that um, 
you steered me that way because I got into a three-year depression when I first was diagnosed. Like, I would just go to work and come home and lay on the couch and cry. So I think that really, really made it worse, of course. But, yeah, I just couldn't believe it because I was such an active person. And I was I liked to go and I was fit. And, but, yeah, we used to... My mom, mom is a, a huge tennis buff. I love tennis. She still watches <laughs> all day, every day. The tennis channel is currently on her TV as we record this. Like, I don't understand. But anywho, um, when we were kids, we used to go to the park and play tennis to the tennis court, play tennis all the time. We would go skating all the time. We would do all, she was super active and like yeah. fit and all of the things. I mean, she's a bad. And, and when that happens to somebody that's super fit at a young age, it's like, it messes with your psyche. For sure. So I like went into a whole mental, like, I don't care. I just want to give up. But God said no. And I'm still here today. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, I mean, initially at that time, you weren't in church. And I was. You, were, you didn't have a relationship. I didn't have a relationship. No, I didn't. Um, so that took some time to get to that point. Right. Like you said, you were right. depressed. And, you know, I don't think I recall you being depressed, but also I was fairly young. young. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, and you were at your dad's house, the majority. That was high school, though. Well, when, when did you have your first knee replacement? In 2005. Yeah, that was the year before I graduated out of high school. Okay, you graduated in 2006. Yeah. But, yeah. But, but I was still diagnosed early, and I right. still was, I was more functional than yeah. before I got to the knee replacement. Yeah, because I think, because um, you, you didn't start working until 2008. Right. I was out of high school. So I worked at that job. Because when right. I had a hip replacement in 2011, you got me another job. Right. right. And I started back working again, but it was different work. But I was so and it was full time. That was part time. Part -time. I thought I'd never work again. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and I was actually helping disabled people. I was like, this. That was such a gratifying circle moment. That was nothing but God. Nothing but God can do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought I'd be doing that type of work, helping somebody else that. I'm supposed to be disabled, but they are less, you know, more disabled than I was. They was confined to wheelchairs and stuff like that. And I had to feed them. And, and I used to sing to them. Right. I used to sing to them and, and just wipe their tears. And I just like, God, I know this is you. It's humbling. He humbled me. And that was so gratifying. I'm so grateful that God took me down that path. Yeah. So it was, yeah. Things happened. We don't know, but when they happen, it, when you look back, you say, like, God, that was you. Yeah, <laughs> and when I saw him showing you, it's a, it's I still got you. Right. You still and it feels, yeah, I mean, look, I'm even, and I, don't, I don't even seem disabled now, but I'm more mobile now than I ever was when I, you know. But I think it was a mentality at the time. It was like, it was me. Like, to get that diagnosis exactly. and be in the field the way that you were still in, you, it was more in right. your mind. Right, right. it was. That that, and I let down. that control me. And, it, I let and, it control and you let it all control you. So any little pain, any little mm -hmm. thing, you already know how, like, I'm going right. to I can't do right. this, I can't do that. Right. Going down that road, and right. that just, you know, it was, 
it wasn't necessary. And God brought you back after three surgeries. Yes. And to come to that point to be able to service someone else yes. who is, has always that's been born into a position of having to depend and lean on other people to take care of them. Right. That's like, what? My God, what? Nothing but a miracle. That's all I can say. So, I mean, listen, it's a reason for everything. Everything. for a reason. Yes. Um, but yeah, so as a mother, you don't think much how much changed for you after the diagnosis like you said you were less active and things like that but um do you feel like um you took uh, did you take out any frustrations with your situation most definitely most definitely i didn't want to talk y'all were asking questions uh, and I didn't want to say, I go sit down, get out of my face. I don't, you know, all this craziness that I look back on now mm-hmm. and be like, that was horrible. Mm-hmm. Y'all didn't understand what was going on. Right. It was just that I was, I was just in a funk. I just didn't care. I didn't, I just was like, and then, you know, my sister and my mom, they tried to, you know, get a hold of that part. Like they did. They was like, you know, they don't understand. I don't, I just didn't care. I was just. I was angry. I was angry at God. I was angry at everybody because my life had literally been cut short. That's how you felt. That's how I felt. It had been cut short because I'm still living. Right. But my, I felt like my life, the life that I was leading, the path that I was going down. But see, God stopped all that because He knew that it wasn't a good path. So you know, I and He, He, I'm telling you, God saved my life. Literally saved my life. And I'm mm-hmm. still kicking here today and doing great. Thank you, Lord. Yes, thank you, Lord. <laughs> so in the midst of that, you know, uh, uh, obviously at this time, 29, you in your 30s, you in your 40s, we're teenagers now. We're um, growing up. Life is still moving on along, you know. Um, how did, how was it for you navigating us becoming Going from your little precious little babies to teenagers, how did you manage that? Do you think it was a good management or? I thought at the time that I was doing the right, everything right. I thought I was the best mother in the world, you know, (laughs) that whatever I say is right, whatever I do is right when it comes to y'all, even with my friends, you know, just but it wasn't, I wasn't doing it. I was making big mistakes and didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. And so now I see it affects you guys in a certain way. Because when you told me recently that I traumatized you by always hollering, when you come to me and want to ask me a question, get out of my face. You know, just why I couldn't you just answer? Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I just don't understand why I remember it so well. Like, I, you know, just cursing for no reason, cursing y'all out for no reason. Just. You know, trying to help my son learn how to drive. Cursed him out. He didn't even do nothing wrong. Just cursed him out. But no, oh, that was all craziness. Like, it was just, I don't know. I was going through a, I don't know. I was going through a thing. I wouldn't say a metamorphosis. But I was going through a thing when trying to navigate y'all into teenagers because I was still, as I got older, the the illness got worse. Right, right. So, and you know, you I'm trying, trying to manage your health, you're trying to manage 
be a mother, you right. have to manage working, right. providing, right. doing all the things. Exactly. It's a lot on your plate at that time. I mean, so I went to work with stuff swollen and, and couldn't even hardly walk and just, just trying to work to provide for my kids because that's what I was used to doing. But And then just, just transforming from when you, you have a ill, when you get an illness, all the boyfriends I had, all them started disappearing. I mean, I was a player. I was a player, player. But I, you know, when all this started disappearing, when you start lifting and your stuff swelled up, people ain't hollering at you like they used to. That was a wake up call. That was like, oh, that was like, that hurt my heart. Like, what they used to call you when you were drunk? Bad mama general. Bad mama She had a coke bottle body. Yeah. Yeah. The prettiest legs. Everybody wanted her. The long hair. to this day. I know you wanted to do it, but it was hard. 
because you had to do everything for me back then. Yeah. But God delivered you me from all of that. Yeah. Like you, you had, had to really me. Bad. Yeah. Remember, I got stuck in the tub. <laughs> <laughs> you tried to give me a, a Mother's Day spa day or something. We couldn't get out that dog on tub for two hours. <laughs> I couldn't get out. Remember the time we went to the mall <laughs> in the escalator? Oh Lord, geez. she can't make her food, her her feet move quick enough for the escalator. For the escalator, step. so she put one foot on and the other foot was full. <laughs> it was not funny at the time. Mom, I was split. Her foot couldn't catch the step quick enough, so it caught another step. So she was doing a split going down the escalator. <laughs> I'm trying to hold her up. I'm yelling and screaming with bags in her hand, asking, help, help, somebody help us. Thank God that she did not fall at the end of that escalator. I was crying. That was so crazy because it happened so fast. It happened so fast. We've had some stuff. I mean, Portia Portia was there with all of that. And she was a lot of pressure on her because she was young. Yeah, she 18. Wanted, like she wanted to go away to college and experience that and I just couldn't be by myself and you know, it was just a lot. My sister was married. I just I just leaned on Portia a lot. I think your dad did he ask you to stay home or Mm-mm. oh he didn't? Okay. That was my decision. Oh it was your decision. That was my decision. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was a lot on her and I, I took a lot. I, I don't think you ever resented me for it, but it was just a lot. I, I put a lot on you before you even would go out. You had to do certain things for me, cook my meals, do all that, because I couldn't do none of that at the time. Now you do all that. Yeah. You know that ain't nobody but God. Nobody but Jesus. God, please. Please. God is awesome. Yes, he is. So I'm grateful for the journey he took me through because I believe if he wouldn't have took me that way, I would probably not be here today. And I'm not talking about because of the illness. Mm. I'm talking about because the path I was going down. I'm not talking about drugs. I did no drugs. and I did drink. But the path I was going down with men, different men in my life, just... You know, you know, I didn't have relationships. I just, you know, slept with different men. That's what I did on my own. But God stopped all that. Just stopped it all. Now she's been celibate for 20 years. Yeah, I know. And people be laughing at that. That ain't funny. God know what he doing. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) You a mess. (laughs) Listen. God, I can't do that on my own. God that's me. <laughs> that's 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 God. I can't do nothing like that on my own. But I don't even worry about that. I just really, I just like companionship. I ain't thinking about nothing else, child. I'm just, She's available for. Yeah, I am. But yeah, I want to look at a movie with somebody. <laughs> want somebody to rub on the bones. <laughs> <laughs> Navigating into teenage years was a little difficult. So how do you think it was navigating into our adulthood? Um, hmm. <laughs> I I couldn't let go. Mm. I had a hard time letting go when I moved to River Grove and and you were with me and you didn't have no husband, no kids or nothing. And then when you decided to move out, that was the hardest thing for me. And I was even getting more mobile then, but I just did not want you to go. I 
I just was so hurt. I would cry every day. Every day because I was so used to you being there. Then Paris would come back from college and be like, Mom, you got you to gotta stop you know, being like that, depending on what you better now, you know, I'm like, I know, but I'm just used to her being here and super codependent. Yes. So Extremely I, codependent. I, I had to get over that and God helped me with that too. He helped yeah. me get over that. And now I can live by myself without you being here, mm-hmm. but I still still call you every day. <laughs> She does not call me because she wants to talk to me. I do. I call she her. She calls me because of them kids. Okay? Because she'd be like, hey, where my baby? <laughs> Ma'am, ain't no babies here. Right. I do be calling her sometimes. And I be happy. Before I call you, I have to think about it. Be like, okay, let me say how she doing. And then, she where, my <laughs> where my babies at? Where my babies at? Nah, they don't want to talk to me right now. Where my babies at? So, yeah. But Portia has been a constant in my life. And and um, God told me I had to let her go. I had to let her live her own life. And then when she got married, you know, and then, you know, yeah, he, he embraced me just like she did. Mm-hmm. So, and I appreciate him because he was always there for me, always nice, always kind, and always respected me. And mm-hmm. Even when we had a little mishap, he like, Mom, we can't do this. We can't, we ain't doing this. I can't, that's too much tension. And I was like, you are so right. You're the grandmother of my children. Right. He, he would let it be known. Look, it we ain't finna do this. You can't love them and not love right. me. Or you can't be good right. with them and not be good with right. me. And we, and we have been okay ever since then. Yeah. yeah. Never had no problem again after we, he set that president. And I appreciate that because most men won't even do that. They'll just hold something against you. Yeah. They don't yeah. have to be nice if they with your They don't have to like you. They don't have to like you. They don't have to do none of that. Right. So I appreciated that. So, yeah. But, yeah, going into y'all adulthood, it was very hard for me because Paris was already away when he even got out of college. He moved on his own. Yeah. And But, you know, he didn't ever. He came know. back. He came back for a little while. He did come back and brought you. Yeah, for a little while. But and then he was still he, just on his way to getting his apartment. But still, how was that dealing, like, having a relationship with him? Even being, he's not in your home, but you still had to communicate with him. You still, you know what I'm saying? Like, how was it dealing with now this is grown man, Paris? It was it was good because he would come and get me or you would take you would take me over there. We would mm-hmm. we would always be with each other some part of the week weekend or something. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it was it was nice. I I I enjoyed that time cuz y'all like coveted me like you know, y'all made sure I had everything was okay, right with me, you know, that I didn't have to be by myself or whatever like that. But when the time come for y'all to drop me back out off at home, I would cry because mm-hmm. I didn't want to do it. But y'all had your own lives. Mm-hmm. And I had to, God told me, you have to let them live their own lives. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he helped, helped me with that because he said he'll never leave me nor forsake me. And that was the truth. He never left me. He was always there with me, always. I just had to be open to that. Mm -hmm. And when I opened myself to that and Mm -hmm. stopped hanging on to y'all all all the time, Mm -hmm. it was just, it just flowed. It, it just flowed right. And Mm -hmm. I mean, we had ups and downs still, but you know, I just, 
I learned to live on my own, and I've been on my own ever since. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Um. So, what are your thoughts on? Paris doesn't have any kids yet. Right. Um. I have two beautiful girls, as you all know. Right. Um. <laughs> What are your thoughts on my parenting? The good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, my. That's why I think I got most of my learning from. And not saying I was a bad parent. I'm still not saying that because I still think I was a, did you the did best the I best could. could. But when I see sure. her with her girls and how she do with them, I don't agree with everything, but some things, how she do, I'm like, why wasn't like that with her in Paris? Why wasn't I like that? I mean, every time they ask her a question, she be like, she answers them, and she takes her time, be patient with them. I be like, I be looking at her, and I be staring at her like, I used to be like, get out of my face. Clearly, that was her favorite thing to say. <laughs> I know. I'm like, that's horrible. But she is so patient with them, and, you know, I mean, she told me, even taught me how to not yell, like, be yelling all the time, be like, because that's all I did with her and Paris is yelled at them. So she's like, Ma, that traumatized me. So now I catch myself with them. You know, I raise my voice a little bit sometimes, you know, but I even uh, catch myself sometimes when I yell and I be like, oh, I didn't have to say it. Or Leah tell me I didn't have to say it like that. But I don't, I be like, you don't tell me when to yell. But anyway, I understand what Portia is doing. She's teaching them. Uh, it's a social skill. It's it's how you deal Proper with communication, people. right? And it's like I didn't have that. That I didn't have with my kids. I didn't have proper communication with them. And I I wish I could go back sometimes and change that, but I can't change it. It happened. But when I see her with her kids, it just makes me be like, man, she's she is a great mom. She is, and I learned a lot from how she is with her girls because. You know, I'm different with them. And now I'm trying to be different with her. Like, I don't yell. Like, when I yell, she's like, Mom, you don't have to yell. You know, you could just say it. Through. I'm like, you're right. So, you know. But, yeah, I used to be like that. I was just, in that way, I was horrible as a mom. Always yelling at my kids. Everything. Like, and when she told me that as she's an adult now, I'm like, that traumatized you. I'm like, that made me feel bad. Because I remember it so well. I remember yelling all the time. But it, you weren't just yelling at us. <laughs> I yell at everybody, but that was just who she was. She yelled at everybody. You're right, You're right but still, I just remember specific. I know, times I know. I'm just saying when, it wasn't like you were trying to. It, it, I don't think we. I only can speak for me. I don't think I ever took it like my mom is trying to make me feel bad or trying to be mean to me. I just looked at it like this is my mother, <laughs> and this is how she talks. With everybody. And that's a learned behavior that I took from her. Um, but you changed it. I, I have, I, but that took work. It still showed up in some relationships. And it showed up in it Paris up, also. Oh, yeah. Um, we we both took that from you, for sure, thinking that we have to yell and scream to get in order our point to communicate across, right. and get your point across. But I also feel like we're taking steps and we are learning that that's not necessarily true. Right. And you don't have to communicate that way. And um, the biggest news flash for me was within my marriage, um, being with somebody that didn't communicate that way. 
Right. And it was so foreign to them. And um, even with my kids, I didn't want them to feel the way that I felt with that as well. So it's, it takes a lot of time and unlearning. And I still struggle with it from here here and there. But I am acquiring new skills on to how on how to communicate, how to express myself without being overly emotional. Right. If that makes sense. Right. Um, and I think that was, that was just a lack of you knowing how to self-regulate. Right. Also, she was super big-headed. Yeah. What'd you say earlier? Conceited. Conceited. Super, like, uh, in that, I've never been that way. No. Um, I aspired to be that way when I was younger. Like, oh, my mom commands a room. Everybody listens to her. She's very authoritative. Like, she didn't play no games. She didn't care who you was, man, woman, grandma, brother, sister. Nope, she gonna give you what you got. And I kind of took on that persona yeah. um, a little bit. But I was way less than aggressive me. than my mother. Yeah. And I feel like Paris took on that persona too. Like he Paris did. is very Paris much. looks nothing like me. But he, <laughs> Lord Jesus, if I don't be looking in the mirror sometimes, yeah. I mean, he's come a long way. He's come a long way for but sure. But in the, in in the past, I used to be like, for sure. when I was changing, I'm like, why is he this way? <laughs> because of me. Like, I'm like, he is like, it was like literally looking in the mirror. He looks nothing like me. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. But, um, you know, you live and you learn. And, you do. Um. Yeah, I try to no, I don't I don't try. I do really do my best at giving my kids the space. And I don't I don't even look at you like you were super strict. I think when we were younger and I hear the stories of people and I remember sometimes like we'll be sitting there, we're dressed perfectly and we'll be sitting and not moving until my mama say move. Right. Like we were definitely afraid of right. her. Right. For sure. Yeah, because yeah, people you say that all the time. Oh, I wish my kids were like your kids. They're so afraid of you. I'm like, yeah. they better be. You yeah. know, like, that's cute. That wasn't cute. Yeah, yeah. That was horrible. It's Your kids difference. should not be afraid of you. Right. It's the difference between um, respect and reverencing your right. parent right. and him being afraid of him. It's the same thing dynamic with God. Right. Like, God doesn't want us to be afraid, afraid of him. him. He, want he wants us to reverence him. Reverence him right. Exactly. Him exactly. And honor him. Exactly. And different things like that. But he does that through love. Right. And that's the same way we're supposed to operate in our figures of being a, per, a parent, being the parental right. of the child. Um, and so I, I, I try, uh, and uh, what I'm saying was, I don't think you were super strict because I remember coming to you, you worked for a book company for over 20 years. Yeah. That was her job. And she used to get us all the books and all the things we would want before it even hit the ship. Maybe I should say it. But, uh, <laughs> well, they did. I didn't take them. They gave them to us. Oh, okay. And then we had a discount too. If we wanted to buy, we we got first. You can choice. buy them in right, the warehouse. right, exactly. Okay. We she had did first have a choice. friend that wasn't. Anyway, <laughs> uh. well, he was not doing right. Anyway, <laughs> I wasn't doing that. Right. Mm-mm. So anyway, she would get us books and stuff, like when the Harry Potter books about to come out, like she'll do all of that. Goosebumps. Goosebumps. Everything we wanted as far as the books. Um, and I felt like even, um, so anyway, I said all that to say, um, you got me this period book. 
mm-hmm. or whatever. <laughs> and I was in middle school. And um, I actually have a picture of me holding the book. It was like different color, multicolor, leopard print, all this type of stuff. It had little pockets and I could write notes and put them in the pockets inside the book. It was really interactive and all of that, whatever. And I remember coming to you when I took sex ed in high school, sophomore year. Now, mind y'all, again, I was raised in the good girl era. My mother wasn't in church until I was 16, about, thereabout. 15 or 16, she joined church. She finally got saved by Jesus, okay? But before that, my mama was not saved. She would be out here cussing people out and ready to fight. Anywho. uh, (laughs) A mess. um, A mess. But when I would come to her, I was able, I never felt like I couldn't talk to you. Right. As in, if I had questions about something serious, you will you will sit and talk with me. It was more so when you would do the get out of my face, like we just being annoying kids, want to be all up under you and all this type of stuff, whatever. But if I wanted to actually have a conversation with you, ask you some questions, when my period came on, you would talk to me, yeah. like all of that type of stuff yeah. for sure. Um, and you let, you were, I don't think you were super strict when, as we were growing up. You let but me y'all go were, to my friends. But house yeah, I did, and, but y'all were good kids though. Right, and that's I another part bla- of it. That's, a, that's another part of it. Yeah. Y'all went out there trying enough. to be, parents stayed in his room all the time playing the game. Playing video Y'all wasn't games. trying to be out there in the street. Well, you were still in my car. I found out at a... At a, at a First of all, I was grown. When yeah, you were grown, but still you were still in my car. <laughs> I didn't know it, but... After I got yeah. my life. This was during a time that she was... Bed, basically bedridden. Yeah, and... um. She'll be like, "Gotta like drive my car, girl. You ain't driving me. Like, <laughs> let me drive the car. Don't worry about. It. I don't wish she goes sleep and then take the car. <laughs> you a mess. A mess. And I'll be back before she knows it. <laughs> Lord Jesus. She. I had a. I had a curfew in her house until I, the whole time I was in your house, and I left her house like when I was twenty three. Because it's um, my house. It's her house. You right about it. That's why I got on up out of there. That's okay? what you do. Um, That's what you do. <laughs> That's what you do when you don't want to, you know. Lie about yeah. the rules, hmm. Period. Um, but no, I felt like I could talk to you. I took sex ed and I came to you and was like, tell you, mommy, this is what I learned, like about chlamydia and all of this type of stuff. And and she was like, she did question me, like, what, you trying to have sex or something? <laughs> And I was like, no, ew, no, no, no. Like, I definitely was not about that life, but I was very intrigued by the body and stuff. And I told her that at the time, like, I just find this to be fascinating. Like, all this stuff can happen from sex. Like, what are you talking about? Like, right. and I was just really into medical stuff, science, all that type of stuff. So anyway, I don't look back on those times and be like, you were super straight. She used to let me walk to my friend's house, take the public transportation, do all types of stuff. Like, she had her rules set in place of what we could and could not do. Right. Like, she banned us from watching South Park when we were kids. I did. We didn't understand that. When she would be cussing like a sailor in the house with us. And they but don't still, want us to watch it on the television program. But they were still watching it, though. Sneaky to watch it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's what kids do. <laughs> but, yeah, no, no, no. It was, um, so I didn't, I didn't look at you as like, my mom will let me do nothing. No, you know, she didn't, I wasn't that type of strict, but. No, no, but you, uh, that's why I said, you kind of 
you knew at some point that, oh, my kids are good kids. I don't have to right. be on them like that. They ain't out here trying to be in the streets. Right. They ain't out here doing drugs. They ain't out here drinking. They ain't right. out here misbehaving or they don't know how to act when they go places. We were well behaved and right. good. Kids. always got good reports, even from my friends, moms and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they had no problem with me coming over because right. I wasn't a burden or nothing like that. So, yeah, um, you know. I aspire to raise my kids as the same, the same way, um, and they love them some honey. Do you think that you are correcting some of your behaviors that you have with me and Paris? Most definitely. Most definitely. God gave me a second chance with that. Mm -hmm. With, you know, not saying I do everything right still, but I have a second chance, and it's, it's just, it's lovely, and I'm so grateful. For Leah and Micah. Those are my babies. <laughs> Do you feel like they're another codependent relationship? You mean codependent on them? Yeah. No, I don't feel like that. Okay. I don't I don't feel like that because I'm more you talking about with the physical? No, just overall. Just overall no emotionally, like, is it a safety for you? Because my mama, first of all, <laughs> I am blessed. Okay. But my mama gets mad if I don't bring these kids to see her every weekend. I mean, every weekend. Because and if we have to time. cut their visit short, when I say the weekend, they literally come over Friday night, Saturday night, and they come back home on Sunday. So they spend two nights with her. Yes. If they have to spend one night, she got an attitude. And I prepare for them to spend a night. Right? This is why she need a man. But also, <laughs> because she gets that. I be excited. I mean, she be so excited. And my friends talk about me. Oh, you get ready for Leah and Micah. Okay, we'll call you back. Because I, I, I got to get the snacks, and I got to clean this up, and I got to wash this. And they be like, you ain't And yet you still complain the whole time. <laughs> Micah act like I'm a short order cook. She want bacon. She want sausage. She want pancakes. She want waffles. She want everything. And she said right there. But I, I love it. I love it. I do exactly. literally love it. I love it. It's the complaining and loving it part for me. Anywho, <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm super grateful that I've had excellent um, displays of motherhood, for sure. Um, so, going into the last question, which is the comparisons between you and I. Do you see any similarities between me and you and our motherhood, our parenting skills? I do. I just think, and this is not a dig to anybody, mm-hmm. but I think you basically did it better than me starting off. You, mm-hmm. I think you did it best because, like I said, when I look at you, I be like, <laughs> I be telling people all the time, like, I wished I would have started with you guys, like at that age, how you started with them. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, it's just you know you learn some things. You you learn. You've... What are some things that we did similarly, though, that you feel like I took from you, or you when you see me interact with them, you like, oh, that's a part of you. Anything. Um... Uh, just making sure 
you know, always making sure they okay, they have everything they need, and before you go do your thug thesis. <laughs> I'm trying to be hip. <laughs> but yeah, you just, you always make sure, and you always check back on. I used to do that with y'all, with mom had y'all. I used to do that all the time. I was right out at the club. I would call mom on the payphone, mm-hmm. you know, not a cell phone. Yes, mom. And be like, mom, or if I'm at Daphne's house before we go, how are the kids or whatever? Like, they fine. Go on and have a good time. You know, that's how she would be. And I, I be like, that's similar with me and you. You know, I be liking you to go have a good time. Like, when I have them, I want you to have a good time. Mm-hmm. I want you to do self-care. I want mm-hmm. you to... I don't want you to be stressed out because I try to take that away from you. Not saying that they stress you out, but right. when you're trying to do so many things right. and juggles now being a single mom, mm-hmm. it's it's a difference, mm-hmm. you know. So I just try to, I be like, yeah, just go, you know. I be praying for you when you out there because it's a different time, of course. So, but yeah, I think we have similarities like that when we. Making sure our kids are, I always made sure y'all was okay. Mm-hmm. If whether you were with mom or you were with Auntie Sand, I made sure y'all was okay. Always. Yeah. You know, and I never stayed away from y'all. Like a night, stay out. You know, mm-hmm. I never did that. I never did those things. You know, when y'all wake up, I was there. Mm-hmm. And But I did my mess when y'all was asleep, you know, or when I thought y'all was asleep half the time or whatever like that. But, you know, so most of the time I would take my dates out. This one guy I, I actually, I don't even say dating, but just messing around with, mm-hmm. sleeping around with, he actually thought I didn't have no kids because he didn't never see y'all. Mm-hmm. Because that's how I wanted it. Yeah. Because I didn't want y'all to be privy to that mess because that was a mess. So, yeah, I'm just, you know, I don't know. It's just, I I think you are a great mom, and I always tell you that. And, yeah, I just, I don't know. I think you're a great mom, too, Mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been a lot on our journey. It I is. can definitely name a lot of missteps. Mm-hmm. Um from firsthand experience, but also there's a lot of grace given because we have to factor in everything that you experienced. You became a mom at a young age. You were still essentially a kid. Well, I was still an adult. Legally, you were an adult, adult, but you still were a kid, you know, and just trying to figure out life and um, then to get hit with a diagnosis like that at such a young age before you even were even 30 it's crazy um and to deal with all of that mentally and emotionally and um you know that you were the first one in our family to experience rheumatoid arthritis um that we know of yeah and so nobody really knew how to navigate it nobody really knew how to fully support you or get you to the help that you needed or whatever the resources or whatever right and like you said, you spent the first couple of years like just kind of letting it be. And just yeah, and just you know, mad. who knows if you would have gotten the help that you needed or whatever beforehand. And you could have saved yourself a lot of time, a lot of, of, of it progressing to the point that it did or whatever. But we can live in the past and the woulda, shoulda, coulda, but also God allows things to happen for a reason. reason. And he will 
get you where he needs to have you one way or another. And that's why I think he did it because I was mad and angry because I couldn't do what I used to do. Mm-hmm. And see, he was trying to stop that. Well, right, because trying, he did stop you were way more valuable than just giving yourself right, people, exactly. giving people access to, to you, my body. body. And For what? It was like, toxic. And, it was super toxic. And he stopped it, and I didn't understand it at the time, but now I understand. Mm-hmm. He literally saved my life. Yeah. Because I was bogus, so we ain't gonna go there, but I was mm-hmm. real bogus, so... Mm-hmm. But it's just the truth, and I'm I'm not ashamed of my past, right. but it got me to where I am today, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I literally was just, you know, I used to do people bad, just bad, just mm-hmm. even people that were good to me, men that were good to me, mm-hmm. my first love, he was good to me, mm-hmm. I was bad to him, mm-hmm. and I regret that, I could have been married to this day, mm-hmm. probably to him, mm-hmm. you know, and y'all could have been his kids, you know, my parents. Yeah, but hi, Dad. <laughs> hey, hey, BD. <laughs> you know, BD. You know, you know. But anyway, anyway. Anywho, <laughs> anyway. But no, I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, it could. You could have had a whole other life. I could have had another life, but and... you know, um, that's why we have to be careful with pride mm-hmm. and um, allowing other people to define you or tell you what you are or whatever. And I feel like a lot of that fed your ego and all that type of yeah, stuff. Cause my, if I had a big ego for a long time. Yeah. People built me up like yeah, that. Yeah. And like I was the stuff and I, I really believe you know, that I did. I, I went with that and you know, I thought I was stuff, but when God knocked me down, he allowed me to get knocked down to build you back baby, up. Baby. Let me tell I mean, you got to your lowest point. I did. And then he builds you right back up. He and did. you are better than what you were. I uh, Come on. <laughs> now, now she can wash her own dishes. Girl. She can cook her own food. She can take out her I, trash. I do everything, She can child. do all the things. She can bathe herself. Bathe myself. All she those things were cut no short help. from me. And, yeah. and I was, that was a, that was a, that was something. I think another thing that um we have in common the love and affection for our children. Like, obviously, like you already said, like, I will make sure I will be, you know, super on top of that or whatever. I feel like I learned from you to be affectionate with my kids. I feel like you were that way with me. And to be, like, just showing love. What are you doing? Oh, God. Yeah. What? Okay, let's Okay. 
I think I think what we have in common is the taking care of your kids to that level. Like my mom wasn't a cook, but she made sure we always had food in the house to eat. Like yeah. it wasn't no we have we, quick fixes. Right. It was <laughs> hot dogs, make a sandwich, you got chips, you got juice, you can make some spaghetti. Like it was different things like that, whatever. But she always made sure we had. Right. We never went without. Never. It's only one point of my life I felt like we went without, and that was when Paris was in college, and I was in high school, and you were struggling to pay for, help him pay for his tuition. And you told me, like, this this school year, I'm not going to be able to buy you some right. brand new shoes when you go to school or whatever, whatever, whatever. But, um, but his tuition... Only reason why I had to pay is because his GPA went down. And once his GPA, the scholarship he's on, his GPA had to stay a certain yeah in order for him to get the money. Mm-hmm. So it was just that one time. Right. It was a one time. Right. But I'm just saying, like, she always did above and beyond to take always. care of us. And I have, I have that same level of. By drive, any means necessary, drive, right. I'm going to take drive, care of my right. kids. And again, I'm grateful for my village because without them, I would have met, not have made it this far. Right. But I definitely have that same type of drive. Like, I'm going to make sure my kids got the basics. Right. The bare minimum, at you know, at minimum or whatever. But I go above and beyond for them. I would go without. My mom was the same way. She would go without for us. Right. And even Always. if we didn't know, she didn't have to announce that to us or be like, right. I ain't got no money. Right. I can't do this and that for you. But, and I'm the same way with my kids. I don't have to tell them I don't have it. I'm not, I can't do this. Right. It's just, I'm going to figure it out. Right. I'm going to get it done. And we're going to be good. Right. Period. So we have that in common. Right. I feel like I took that from you for sure. Like, no matter what, I'm a mother and I have to show up for my kids. Right. Period. I don't have no excuse. And even though you went through all that you went through, that's still the main takeaway that right. no matter what, I have to be here for my children. Right. So, can I ask you a question? Yeah. How are we different? You want to go there? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just wanted to see what you was going to say. Woo! How well. You already said our approach to communicate is different for sure. Our affection, like I'm overly affectionate with my kids, but that speaks more to my inner child of me not having wanting that. to be loved on like that. So now I overly do it with my kids. Right. I'm always loving on them, kissing by both them, hugging kids, them. By both of us. Right. Kissing them, loving them, uh, Telling them I love them, hugging them, reassuring them that I'm here for them no matter what. Another thing that I feel like we're different, we differ in, is just like motivating them as right. well. I don't really feel like you or my dad really was like, I mean, my dad was, y'all would say, I want you to do your best. I right. want you to be your best. But it was never no level, no aspire to be here right. it was never it was just like if yeah. i brought c's and b's home it's like okay good that's fine as long as i bring no better. d's and f do better next time right right it was never no and i'm not like strict about but i do take 
and it's no dig at y'all, but I do take my kids' uh, education very seriously. Yeah. Very seriously. I'm very into them. I'm very active at the school, always trying to do stuff and be involved because I want them to know that their education is important to me. And so if I show them that it's important to me, then they will feel that it's important for them right. to do their best yeah. and to be their best. Right. Um, so that's another area. And even with their gifts and talents, like I know I've been saying it for a while, like I want to get them a piano lessons. I want to get them in gymnastics. I want them to play a sport. I, those are things I feel like y'all didn't really do with me. We didn't. And somebody said that to me one time. I ain't going to name no names, but... Mm-hmm. She said that if that was my daughter, she'll be in all type of stuff. Yeah, because you know? I was gorgeous. And yeah, you're still gorgeous. Very talented. You're still gorgeous. Thank you, mom. But you know, <laughs> they said that to me, and I'm I'm thinking I'm doing as you say all the things. Right, right. <laughs> and right. I wasn't, you know, because yeah. I was a working mom. Yeah. I was a single mom, and I was working night night shift took a lot away from yeah, me doing sleep, those things. You had I had to rest, sleep every day. You know? So, yeah, my mom was taking me out of school when, you know. Yeah. So, it was like, it was a difference. Not not trying to use it as an excuse, but I probably could have did those things. But I wouldn't be. I was there for you when you were in high school for track. Yes. Me and your yeah. dad. Me and your dad would come. Yeah. To, you know, we were there for that. But, yeah. Yeah. But that was something that I kind of pushed myself to do. Even right. We didn't the push choir, It wasn't ever right. like y'all. Right. It was like, oh, you should do this. And you, you right. tried that. You you're should, exactly right. You know, you knew I could sing. You never tried to put me in lessons. Right. Or you're exactly right. And I'm, I'm sitting up here looking at that him, up. what he's not doing. And I, I'm thinking I'm doing everything, but I really wasn't. And that's okay. It, like, it's okay. But... It's okay because, I mean, we're all going to have blind spots, right? And right. I feel like now, I was just telling my therapist this the other day. I feel like I... Um, in discovering my worthiness and what validation, seeking validation from other people, I feel like I be trying, I be trying to implement that in my kids. Like whatever you want to do, just do it. Like I want them to do whatever it is they want to do. So I over compensate in those areas because I want my kids to look back and be like, my mommy, did all the stuff for right, us. Right. But in me doing that, I'm also going to miss the mark in some areas. Yeah. Because I'm trying to so don't touch that. I'm trying to so overcompensate for anything that I may have lacked and try to cover the areas of all the possible things. But that's not that's not necessarily going to hit the mark for them. Right. That doesn't mean that they're not going to have issues. They could grow up and have issues that, mommy, at some point you start leaving us at Honey House every weekend and we wanted to just be with you. Right. They And not understanding, oh, mommy's doing this because she's trying to get extra money, work harder, or she needs to take a break and get herself together mentally so that she is able to take better care of us. Like, right. kids don't understand it. At, in the moment, at right. the age that they're at. Right. But they can grow up and feel some type of way about that. Right. Why were we at Honey's house every weekend? You know? But I'm thinking, right. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm doing the best that I I can do at this time. And I'm doing what's best. I'm giving them, okay, they have this time with me. They have this time with Honey. They, you know, whatever. But I don't know how this is going to affect them in the long term. Right. 
So, you know, it just, it doesn't matter. I know my intent behind it, and I can always say that about you too. Like, your intent behind it all was to create a better space for us than what you had. Exactly. And my grandmother, who was supposed to be on here tonight, yes, but um, wasn't able to record tonight, but my grandmother, I'm sure she felt the same way about you and Mm -hmm. your siblings. She did. And she was an amazing mom. She was. An amazing mom. And still is. Thank God. I just wonder how my mom came from her mom. (laughs) (laughs) You are bad. Because my grandmother was not boastful and flamboyant and outgoing. I mean, not outgoing, but like my mom was. She was not like that. I'm like, around just look at her sometimes like, it won't say much. Or did she? She did ask me one time, how did you, where did you get this mean, because you know, I used to be really mean mm-hmm. to people. So where did you get this mean streak? Because I'm not like that. We're not She's like not. that. Where did you get, she said, I wonder where did you get this? And I'm like, I don't know. But I'm not that way now. Right. That's the important thing. I'm not that way now. Right, right. Growth. Yes, we Lord. all go through growing pains, yes. okay? Um, and life be out here lifing us. So, right. you know, tis is where we at. Right. So, that was great, Mom. Thank you so much. Um, we're going to go into another segment, which is the healing sources, okay? Yes. And this is where I just give you guys the resources again. For some things that may help you, I have merch available, okay? <laughs> on Etsy and it's also on my website, anchorednllc.com. You can find my shirts and my mugs that I created for you all to be able to use. You know, when you get dressed nice and you want to put on something, you know, sometimes we get these graphic tees and different things like that. It'll make us feel a type of way. You can get you a Life Be Life in shirt, okay? Because life do be out here life in. So every time you wear that shirt, you remind yourself, give yourself some grace. Mm. Okay? Like, every time you drink out your coffee, remind yourself. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Please, 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 please go to Etsy at Life Be Life in. And also, or my uh, website, Anchored In llc.com to purchase your red collection merch of life be life and podcast yeah, we really appreciate it yes my mom got hers um so yes we are really excited about this um drop also as always shout out to shop Lene. yes please 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 look up shop Lene. The uh, website is in the description box. So is all the other stuff I have said. www.shoplanae.com. And here's Shoplanae. And we're back. Thank you so much, Shoplanae. Y'all, please go check her stuff out. They are healer resources. The body butters, the body wash, the scrubs. lip balm, the body scrub. Get that skin. You get this outer shell together while you're getting that inner shell working on all that stuff. Come y'all we gotta take care of ourselves so utilize these healing resources okay all right and for our final segment (laughs) we have come to the end of this mother's day episode and this is the segment 
speak life. And this is the segment where I leave you with a call to action for yourself, but not just for you, but for me as well. So I'll leave you with these words to hold on to until next time. Today's Speak Life affirmation is, hard times make me appreciate the good in life, and I have a lot to be thankful for. Again, today's Speak Life affirmation is, you want to say it with me? Hard times make me appreciate the good in life, and I have a lot to be thankful for. You heard it. You say it. You write it down. And you remind yourself to speak that thing and make it happen because life be life in us all. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Mom. Oh. Appreciate you. Thank you for being on the episode. Of course. As you can see, we are twins. I love it. Um, <laughs> we are thankful to be here. I appreciate you I appreciate sharing you. your story Thank and you. being vulnerable and open. Thank you for having me will continue to grow and prosper in Jesus name. I love you all. I hope that something was said here tonight that pricked your heart and made you feel good or uh, made you realize or want to um, review or examine your own stuff in your own situations or whatever. Um, thank y'all for all the support. I love you all. May the Lord continue to bless you all and keep you in his perfect peace, health, and wealth. Bye. Bye.